listening to iOS DevBrain, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS DevBrain, episode 35, Time Flies. I'm your host, Evan Stone, and this week we have quite a few things to talk about and only 15 minutes to talk about them in, so let's get into it. First of all, I'd like to address the fact that it's been a while since I've done an episode, so I wanted to, first of all, apologize for that. Uh, Of course, you know, these are really weird times, and there's been a lot going on for me lately. Uh, My regular job working as a uh, contract developer for Bleacher Report has been uh, very busy, a lot lot going on there, a lot of exciting things that I've been working on. Um, But also, you know, in the personal and also the the side project um, areas of my life, those have been super busy as well. Um, So I've actually been taking uh, part in the uh, Y Combinator startup school over the last few weeks. Um, I obviously can't participate in it as much as I would like because I have a regular nine to five, but, uh, there's a little bit of time left over in the five to nine space, a little bit. So that's what I've been working on, uh, trying to focus on transformation and, uh, it's actually been working out really well. Uh, if you want to learn more about transformation or just at least be notified about it, its progress and so forth, uh, feel free to go to transformationapp.com and sign up for the newsletter. It's pretty rough right now, the, at least the site is, and there's not a lot of information about the app itself. But uh, if you want to be notified about it, feel free to sign up there. The uh, other big thing that's been going on is, well, honestly, it was before WWDC that I did the last episode. And so, um, you know, haven't really talked to uh, anyone on the subject of of WWDC. And I thought it was a really great event. Uh, I'm sure you did too. And a lot has been already said about it. So I don't think I need to say much more. But um, the reason, one reason why it really sticks in my head recently is because I've been going back and viewing the videos and just thinking about what a great presentation it was. I really hope that in the future, our WWDCs are done just like this. Um, I think it opens up to thousands of more developers. It's much more inclusive. And uh, I just thought it was more fun. I, I like going down to San Jose, but it basically takes a whole day for me. I, ca- I can't go the whole week uh, so I have limitations in that regard. So typically I can just go down for one day and I'll, I'll hang out at the uh, AltConf conference going on next door. But that's about it. And so um, that's that's the extent of the participation that I can usually have with WWDC. So this new format is uh, just a, a, an amazing leap forward. And uh, I, I'm also a little bit uh, sad that I didn't take advantage of the lab's I especially feel like I could have benefited from the sign-in with Apple Labs, but I missed that. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to work out those issues on my own. Anyway, um, the other sort of elephant in the room is that the reason why I really recorded this was because of the Apple event that just happened yesterday. And this is the uh, Time Flies one, uh, thus the name of the, the episode this week. Um, and it really focused on the Apple Watch and the iPad. And 
it was a, a little bit. I, I it wasn't it wasn't a developer focused presentation, so I don't feel like I should get too upset about it. But um, it was basically yeah, just focused on the Apple Watch. What I did like was that they released the Apple Watch SE, which I think is going to be probably a really great device for kids um, or and you know teenagers. Uh, it seems like it'll be the great entry level uh, device for um, for for those who don't want to do a uh, Series Three. So, um, which at but this point, I don't think I would recommend anyway. So, I think SE is pretty much the the base level, and I guess it starts around two hundred eighty dollars or so. But at any rate, that is a uh, an awesome deal for a an Apple Watch, and uh, the its the capabilities were. Uh, striking and and so I it was lacking some of the sensors that the the standard Apple Watch has, but you know for uh, the average person maybe that's not important. So uh, at least it gets the Apple Watch in the hands of of more folks. Uh, again, it wasn't a developer focused presentation, so I I don't want to focus too much on it or or worry too much about it. Um, the uh, the next thing was about the the iPads. Now that this is where it gets really interesting because the to me the the big announcement was about the iPad Air and uh, the fact that it has the the A14. You know I don't know how how that compares to the A12Z in the iPads Pro, but it it was very interesting that it got a refresh to that degree and it's actually. I kind of was, I was actually exploring uh, earlier today, in fact, just uh, kind of comparing the Pro and the Air. And there's a few things that it boils down to with the the iPad Air um, kind of feels like if I don't want Face ID and, you know, there's obviously there are, I'm sure there's some performance issues too, because the uh, evidently, the the Air will only have a six-core processor, whereas the Pro has an eight-core. Uh, so, you know, performance-wise, the Pro is still a the the heavyweight, I'm sure, and uh, like it has better sound and so forth on the on the Pro. So, if you if those things are important to you, then the Pro is still probably the right one. I'm, I was kind of kicking around maybe my next iPad would be an, an iPad Pro 11-inch instead of the the big one. Like I have now, so uh, anyway, um, those are not the the really developery kind of things. The real uh, thing that happened yesterday was when Tim Cook announced that iOS 14 would be uh, dropped. F- from that point, he said tomorrow. So that's today is when I'm recording. So uh, iOS 14 landing in addition to system upgrades for Apple Watch and TVOS and so forth iPad OS. So now that's where it gets interesting and a little muddy or a little annoying for developers because we were not really pro- given a proper heads up about this, uh, which of course you probably know and will agree ab- about that. Um, it's not a big deal. I think most of us have been, if we have been developing for iOS 14, we've been doing it since WWDC. And hopefully uh, you're your apps are in a good enough condition that uh, they can uh, be pushed to the app store relatively quickly. Um, 
I know mine are not. And the way I look at it, this is that now I need to make sure that my apps are ready for iOS 13 because I like to be current minus one. So, um, so I'm looking at iOS 13.7 as probably being my baseline. Uh, maybe I don't think I want to go back to 13.0, but, uh, sort of the, the latest iOS 13 will be my, uh, my baseline, I think, uh, unless there's some com compelling reason to go back. Anyway, so that is my basic wrap up of the, the time flies event. It's a little strange that they just said, we're going to drop iOS 14 out of the blue. So, um, and then the, the GM appeared and with almost without any warning. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully everybody is dealing with this. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very odd move, I think on Apple's part, and hopefully they won't do this in the future. So anyway, um, what I did and I, I thought this, I'd, I'd sort of, uh, recommend this, um, because this was a, something that I picked up from Marco Arment. Uh, what he did was he went ahead and acquired a renewed iPhone SE off Amazon. And I, I when I priced it out, iPhone SEs are probably around somewhere around $80, I, I guess. But the SE form factor is not one that I particularly care for. So, uh, I went ahead and ordered, this is like months ago, a, um, an iPhone seven unlocked and it, uh, I hadn't really done anything with it until that announcement yesterday. And at that point, it was clear to me that I really wanted to have a device that was on iOS 13.7. So that way I could move my own personal device to iOS 14, uh, and other, other things that we have, uh, you know, iPads and so forth, move them up, but still have a device that I could test with on iOS 13.7. So that's what I did yesterday. I went ahead and upgraded my iPhone seven to 13.7, uh, got a, you know, a new account created for it. So now I have an official test device and this is something I've been putting off for a very, very long time, but I was really glad to be able to do this. And, uh, it's sort of a model that I want to use going forward. Uh, as we upgrade devices, make uh, the older devices that we have, turn those into test devices to use for uh, the, the prior version or also maybe experimenting with the next you know beta versions and those kinds of things. I'm kind of thinking of having a system where I have one device that's on the current minus one version of iOS. And then my main, my personal device would be on whatever the current version of iOS is. And then once a beta rolls out, I'll have another device that that will be on the beta. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I guess what that means is in next June or whatever that, uh, I'll have a, my, uh, one device on 13.7 still or whatever, unless they upgrade 13 to something else, um, uh, which they've been known to do on occasion. Uh, and then my current uh, phone will be phone version will be 14 dot whatever. And then the, then I'll be on the 15 beta for the other test test device. So, uh, anyway, I just, it's kind of a long winded description of, of my thought process on that, but I just thought I'd mention it just in case you might've been thinking about what kind of strategy to use for test devices. And so, um, it seems, it feels, this feels very safe to me. So, um, 
you can give me some feedback on it too. You can just send a tweet to me at uh, Evan K. Stone on Twitter and uh, or at iOS DevBreak. Either of those will work. So I look forward to hearing your feedback on that. Okay, at this point, uh, I just wanted to mention about my uh, Patreon page. I've been really bad about self-promotion and that kind of thing. I've done it a little bit, but uh, if you would like, you can go to my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash iOS devbreak, and you can support the show there. And it, right now there's really just one level uh, of $1. So uh, if you'd like to do that, that would be awesome. Um, maybe what I will do is I'm, I'm thinking of maybe having another tier again, like I did before and, uh, have some special things, um, made, made up, or I, I'm not quite sure what, what, what the right thing is to do there. But at any rate, right now there's just one level, it's just a dollar. So if you could, if you would like to, uh, help support the show, then that's there if you want to do it. No pressure, but it would be greatly appreciated. Okay, and moving on to the topic of WWDC, um, we're kind of moving back to it, I guess. I don't know. Um, there was just one thing that I wanted to mention, sort of a, a recommendation. I mean, there's a, there are so many good videos and so many awesome presentations, but uh, one in particular was super uh, useful to me, um, and that was the the one on the simulator, and uh, it's entitled "Become a Simulator Expert." Uh, and that's uh, from that's from this year's uh, WWDC 2020. Um, and so just go ahead and I'm sure you could just search for simulator. And it was a really great uh, insight into it. Most of it applies to the new version of the simulator, but some of that applies also to uh, existing versions of the, the simulator. So uh, it was a really great um, sort of introduction to um, really cool ways to use the simulator that you may not have known before. Um, I know, I know I didn't, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. So, um, I just wanted to recommend that as I go through and re watch some of these videos, I may throw some more recommendations out as the year goes on. Um, but that one in particular was, was pretty cool. Um, the, there was definitely one thing that I wanted to mention too that was a sort of this this awesome app for uh, for macOS that I just found out about recently, and this was at the um, 360 iDev. And so, actually, what I'd like to do maybe in a future episode is talk about some of the conferences that I've been to. Uh, it's really interesting to see the contrast in some of the ones that I've attended. Um, but 360 iDev was by far my, I think my favorite outside of WWDC. Um, it was just a great atmosphere and great talks and it was just a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it for the future. I hope they do it remotely like they did this year, or at least have a remote component for some of us who can't really get to Colorado. Um, but one of the, the talks that was given there was about using emoji in your, uh, your work with Git. And uh, his uh, the the speaker's team uses a very specific set of Git uh, or a, a specific set of emoji when working with Git, and I believe the term is Gitmoji. Um, so, but I thought that wasn't really the the best part of it, even though that was very interesting. And so, if you get a chance to see that talk, uh, perhaps in the videos when, if they release them later, I highly encourage that one because it was very kind of a novel uh, way of using Git and emojis. Uh, but 
one of the cool things that came out of it was that there was a recommendation to, if you really like using uh, emoji in the way that Slack does it, where you can just type colon, S-M-I-L-E-Y and get a smiley or, you know, uh, colon rocket and get the rocket. Um, then this app called Rocket actually lets you do that. So I'll put the link to the app in the show notes, but I'm sure you can just do a search on Rocket macOS emoji and you'll find it. The great thing is that it uh, allows this entry everywhere. So you can use it in messages, which is awesome because I really don't like using that native emoji picker uh, that macOS offers. It's I think it's it, it's basically broken. A lot of times I have to do it twice. Uh, and uh, another place that's very helpful is in the is in like Twitter apps like TweetDeck, um, where I've also had a lot of problems with using the native uh, emoji picker. So um, I highly encourage you to check it out. That is Rocket, and uh, it's a great tool. And the other thing too is that you can exclude apps. So if you have websites or apps that actually have built-in emoji uh, detection uh, when you do that, like Slack, that kind of thing, um, or GitHub, you know those those kinds of sites and apps that already have their own emoji system, then you can exclude those, and then it will back off and not try to inject anything. Um, but for all other apps, it's super useful. So highly recommended. Uh, I think I'm going over here. So, uh, what I'll do is I'll save some of my other little picks that I have and I'll, I'll save them for next time. That'll give me added incentive to come back next week and to, uh, record a new episode about those things because there's some really cool things that I wanted to mention also. Um, but that's it. So thank you so much for listening this week and look forward to talking to you next week. And remember, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Evan K Stone or iOS dev break. And so uh, you can use either of those. And um, yeah, look look forward to hearing from you. Let me know how you like the show, if you have any questions or anything. Um, I got to meet at least one listener at uh, 360iDev, and that was a real treat because he was actually one of the speakers too. So that was kind of cool. Um, and so anyway, also you can really help me out too if you uh, recommend the show to other people and sp- spread the news. Um, that iOS Step Break is back and I'll be recording more. I'll have a little bit more time and incentive or at least extra time now that the uh, startup school has completed and uh, the build sprint also. So um, I'll, I'll talk about that on a, on a future episode as well. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Sorry we went over, but I'll catch you next time on iOS Step Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iOS and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. Oh,